How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Locked on Bucks presented by brewhoop.com. I'm Frank Madden. I'm joined by Eric Name. Eric, it's a Friday pod. We have a game on Saturday. So I guess we'll do a preview today. We'll do some listener questions. Uh, I'm going to dig up some iTunes reviews. Uh, we're going to we're, we're, we're gonna do a fast one day. Do you believe that? No. Probably not. Not for a second. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's get into it quickly then at least. Uh, Saturday, Mac Fun game. Make sure you get your tickets at Bucks.com. Don't buy them anywhere else. Get them at Bucks.com because then that way your money goes to the Mac Fund. It's all for a good cause. So make sure you buy your tickets at Bucks.com. Nowhere else. Only Bucks.com. Different packages. You can get different cool stuff. Um, and, you know, again, support uh, a great cause. Uh, childhood cancer research. Um, I think it's the 40th annual yep. game. So that's awesome. Uh, so be sure to, if you're in anywhere in the Milwaukee area, if you're a Bulls fan, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but... Uh, come up from Chicago. We we actually will welcome Bulls fans for for that reason to this game. Um, we've seen the Bulls once before. Uh, first game of the preseason. The Bulls starters didn't play much, but the Buck starters were awful against them. Uh, <laughs> as we discussed the other the other day when we were discussing the Pacers game as well, uh, it's kind of the reverse. But the Bucks reserves were very good. Uh, Delavadova, Monroe, um, MCW, Toledovich came in did a nice job. Uh, I my main thing I want to see on Saturday is I that I mean we were talking about not seeing real like wanting to see a real starting lineup so I'll start with that I want to see a real starting lineup and by that I mean a a one that makes sense or at least uh, appeals to my fan uh, sensibility i.e. has <laughs> has has thon in it uh, so my request is Giannis Jabari Delhi no more of this resting Delhi stuff uh, Giannis Jabari Delhi not Monroe at center, Henson or Plumley, whatever. And then I don't know. If you, hey, if they want to put Thon out there again, awesome. Play him as much as you want. If you want to put Toledovich out there, great. Throw him out there. If you want to pick a, you know, Brogdon for yet another start or even Vaughn, whatever, fine. Throw him out there. See what they can do. What what, what say you, Eric? Um, I would like the the one with Mirza. I want to see that combo again of Mirza, Jabari, Giannis. And then this time, not actually, Monroe. And then this time, actually get to see Delhi with them. And then this time, actually get to see Henson or Plumley with them. That would be, that would be what I would like to see because that is a very interesting lineup to me. I don't know if it's a lineup that works, but I would like to see it uh, actually put on the floor and kind of see how it all goes together. Because I, I don't know if they can defend. I don't know if they can rebound, but I think they could score some points, and that would be at least fun for a preseason game. Yeah, and I hope Thon gets his 25 to 30 minutes, as we mentioned the other night. Uh, get him run now, see what he can do. Let him get get up that learning curve while the games don't count. That would be, be a positive. And I think the Bulls are probably a good team to play against as well because uh, the Bulls, I mean, it's kind of funny. They used to be a team that just beat the heck out of the Bucks on the boards. And you know, times have kind of changed, obviously. Noah's gone, Gasol's gone. Uh, this is a team now that, you know, I think when you look at, especially in the front court, 
doesn't have great depth. I mean, I like Rolo. I like Taj Gibson. But beyond that, you know, Mitic, you know, good stretch four, totally fine, but not a guy who's going to intimidate you uh, inside or on the boards. Um, uh, Bobby Portis as well. Obviously, he's a motor guy, but um, has basically been... It's kind of funny. We we I wanted the Bucks to pick Bobby Portis in the draft last year, but my disillusionment with Rashad Vaughn actually is it's kind of encouraging at least because Bobby Portis has been kind of like good in stretches, but if you look at his overall numbers, I mean, his RPM is just a disaster. He's a total chucker. He has great energy, but, you know, he's not exactly making me feel like the Bucks uh, completely blew a chance at, you know, a, a core piece at this point. So I don't know. We'll see. But he's also, you know, not a, a you know, he plays with great energy, but not necessarily a bruiser. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. This may be a, a game where Thon, especially matched up with a guy like Miritich, um, it could be a good opportunity for him to show kind of what he can do in space, get out on the perimeter and not get, you know, just sort of pushed around inside as much. So my hope is that that Thon uh, can come in and, and hopefully, uh, you know, playing his first home game in front of uh, uh, a Bradley center crowd, hopefully he can, can show some stuff. Anything else you're looking for tomorrow in Bucks Bulls? Uh, the return of good three point shooting would be awesome. Oh, I forgot all about that. I don't remember what that looks like. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's difficult to try to dream up or even think of. Uh, that would be cool to me. I would be excited to see that. Um, and when I say good three-point shooting, I don't mean just getting up attempts and Beasley taking seven of them. I would I would like some deli threes. That makes sense. <laughs> maybe Brogdon or Vaughn to hit some threes. That makes sense. Um, Jabari, maybe a corner three or two. Uh, Thon, maybe get a three. Uh, so threes that make sense, threes that make me feel good. That's what that would be something I'd be looking for uh, this weekend. Okay, so hopefully we see some encouraging stuff. Hopefully Giannis Jabari do their thing. I'd like to see also one more thing. I'd like to see Jabari at some point willingly go to the three point line with 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 it in mind that Taj Gibson does not take his jump shot seriously, and instead of getting the ball in the perimeter and then being surprised that Taj Gibson is backing off him. Uh, just set up out there and and knock down a three pointer for for your Frank, but we'll see. Yeah, very um, cool. Very great. He hit. I mean, he did hit a three in the in the first Chicago game, so yeah. something to build on. Uh, we asked for Twitter questions. We we got a bunch of them, uh, and I think the last time we did Twitter questions, we answered all of them, but it took us you know like <laughs> eighteen hours. I, I, I think it was just under an hour, so we stayed under that uh, magic number at least. But we we obviously like to try to keep these pods a bit quicker and let you get on with your day. Uh, so I'm just going to try to go through them uh, quickly, and maybe the format we'll do is uh, I'll start and I'll read the question to Eric. Eric can give his thoughtful but not too long response, and then I will have basically two sentences. If I have anything to add, I only have two sentences, uh, and that will be be my limitation. So I will start with a question. Uh, let me see. Who is this from? It was, could Giannis eventually be a .5 in the NBA, that's from Alex uh, Weiner. Weiner, we have touched on this a little bit. Um, it's certainly possible. Um, I know. I mean, we even saw it last year, I guess, to an extent, when he was running the point guard against the Timberwolves and then covering Carl Anthony Towns. But I don't know if it if it would see. It would seem difficult for that to be regular. That you're going to have him guard a five and bring the ball to the floor. That's just such a a heavy load for any NBA player to take that it it would be difficult I think to try to put him through that for 82 games could it happen 
every couple of games, maybe once or twice a month. Sure, I think it could happen. Um, but I just can't imagine a world where you play him like that all 82. I, I think it would be interesting, especially as the league goes small, maybe in some small lineups you could see it. But I would tend to agree. I think, and I think the thing is, Giannis is like the the only wing defender the Bucks really have. Uh, so putting him on fives when he's probably going to be on the court with stronger guys, even if they're not centers like a Toledovic or something like that, I think the odds of him actually defending a five are probably not that high. So we're all for weirdness, but but maybe not uh, in this case. That was probably more than a sense or two, but whatever, we got through it. Uh, let's see. You, uh, you Do you have the list of questions? Yeah, out or... I got one for you. Okay. This is from Espen. Uh, he sends us a question. Talk about MCW putting out that Twitter message and then hosting a giant brick fest after. Frank, would you like to talk about that? <laughs> I think we, ha- I think our official, I think our official response would be, uh, no comment based on, uh, we need to, I, I need to dig up who, who it was that complained to us about uh, uh, complaining about MCW too much, <laughs> um, but let, I'm actually I'm just trying to find the exact the exact tweet that was the what was a reference to. Uh, let's see, is it still up here? Did he delete it? I think he deleted it, but maybe it's, uh, maybe he deleted it. He, he did. He did. It, yeah, I for, I forget. I think it was in response to like some of the trade rooms or something like that, and he basically tweeted something about it was something about like him being inefficient, and he said something about. Uh, he had he had something about like just oh everybody who's who's a hater you know just sit back and and watch or or whatever, and I think he also had a tweet uh, maybe in the last week or two about how, and this was the part that I really had to bite my tongue on because he made some comment I think to the fact of uh, that he shot forty five percent last year and and you know so how can anybody call him inefficient and of course you know that shows a complete lack of awareness of what real efficiency in the NBA means because. He was, I think, sub 50% true shooting, which would place him way below average in terms of shooting efficiency. So the good news, I guess, is that not only is Michael Carter-Williams an inefficient scorer, but he is blissfully unaware that he is an inefficient scorer. Um, I don't know what else to do with that. Anything to add? <laughs> My comment would be, give us a question. We ask for questions. Don't tell us what to talk about. Uh, so that I'm, just, I'm throwing it out on a technicality. Maybe if you would have phrased it in a question, I could respond to it. But no, it was it was just thrown at us. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that one due to a technicality. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna take some some the Jeopardy bullshit uh, technicality you approach that. Yeah, correct. Because because I know I know I'm sure you've never said talk about in a in a post game press conference. Are you willing to say that you've never done that? Yes. <laughs> okay, well, I guess I'm the only one who has further <laughs> besmirched MCW's good name. Uh, I am rooting for you, Michael, so, you know, fingers crossed. Uh, next one, let me find one here. I just got rid of my, my list. Um, let's see. Uh, let's make this a quick one, like all these. Uh, I think it was Jacob Anderson asked, I brought it up on Real GM, theoretical, if Brow and the Pels divorced, would you do a Giannis Brow-based trade? Um, <laughs> this is a very, very politically charged question. I think I would have another year to make this decision because I can't imagine they would divorce this year. Um, so I think I would need some more information. Um, but I would certainly be intrigued by it. Uh, it's just tough with Anthony Davis because he doesn't – get the same injuries but he keeps racking up injuries and it's just not ideal um but i mean we've seen top five nba player production out of him and i don't think we've seen that 
uh, for it for a whole season, and I don't think we've seen that out of Giannis yet. So uh, that would make me certainly think about trading for Anthony Davis. I think many many Bucks fans would not trade Giannis for Anthony Davis, and a long list of uh, there there are very few players I imagine that many Bucks fans would trade Giannis <laughs> for. Let's start with that. That's easier. Uh, I think objectively, if you took a poll of GMs. Pretty much every GM in the league would rather have Anthony Davis over Giannis just because Anthony Davis has proven to be a, you know, potential top five, ten player in this league. And, you know, we're, we're only a year removed from people talking about him as a potential MVP candidate last year. So uh, just a lot more proven commodity. They're obviously very different types of players. Uh, I think Giannis is one has one more guarantee year on his deal than Davis does right now so for me that would probably be the big thing and the big holdup is just you know if you're trading for Anthony Davis you know you've got him through I think the 1920 season I want to say mm-hmm. whereas Giannis has a has one more year on his deal uh, Davis can opt out so uh, I mean it's kind of those things like if Giannis was traded for Anthony Davis I would on some level be kind of sad because I love Giannis but uh if I'm going to be just coldly rational about it, uh, Davis is the more valuable player at this point and the, the sure thing, I would say. So anyway, let's just leave it at that and move on because I don't want it to think about any <laughs> any honest trade scenarios. OK, next one with the new rumor about an expansion being possible after the new CBA. And some rumors came out about that today and a list of names, I think, like Kansas City, Seattle, uh, Omaha, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but with that possible rumor, who would you protect in an expansion draft? And I believe you protect eight players in an expansion draft, Frank. I could be wrong, but I think that's the rule. Yeah, I look back. Uh, the last two expansion drafts were in 2004 for the Bobcats and 95 for the Grizzlies and Raptors. And it was weird when I was looking at the Bobcats, or at the time it was the Bobcats, uh, expansion draft i didn't see how many players teams could protect in 2000 in 1995 it was eight uh and so if you look at if you said that this was going to happen you know, hypothetically let's just say it was going to happen next summer yep. uh the bucks i think right now have let's see uh six nine ten guys under contract through the 26 17 18 season mm-hmm. um and so i'm, I'm not including greg monroe or michael carter williams so if you do that you basically have to pick uh, two guys to not protect and I mean I think the obvious one you'd start with would be Plumley, just because um, for the same reason that I, I voted Plumley ahead of John Henson in our ranking the roster thing so first off I guess we should just go and look at the, the uh, order on our ranking the roster poll since that's basically an expansion drafty type um, mindset that we, we want people yeah. to have going into that um, but looking at just guys who are under contract for next year as well, um, I think the obvious candidates would be Malcolm Brogdon, Rashad Vaughn, uh, John Henson, and Miles Plumley. Because um, yeah. uh, you know you could throw, you could throw Toledovich in there as well, but obviously you know Middleton, Jabari, Giannis are <laughs> not on the list. Thon Maker's not on the list. Yep. Uh, I'd argue Della Vadova isn't on that list. And then you know you kind of get into guys that I guess you could you could argue a little bit with about. Um, I might say Plumley just because I think his contract is the worst of all those guys. So I might actually start with Miles, um, even ahead of uh, Brogdon and Vaughn. Um, Vaughn's kind of a tough one. If I had to pick unprotect two guys, 
I'll say Plumley and and Vaughn. How about you? I think that's pretty fair. Um, I think it, you're making a decision between Plumley and Henson, um, and Plumley would probably be the one that you you wouldn't protect. Uh, and then it's the same thing with Vaughn and Brogdon. Um, probably Vaughn, just because I don't have as large of a bad sample size with <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon. Or I, don't, I mean, I don't really have a sample size at all because right. he hasn't played any NBA basketball. Um, so I, I guess since I haven't actively seen him be bad, <laughs> um, uh, I, I'll, I'll keep him. So I, I would go with the same two. Okay. Next question. Uh, let me see. This was kind of in keeping with this a little bit. I'm jumping down a little bit, but uh, Eric Hansen asks, should we assume anything about Vaughn and MCW from their putrid sh- shooting this preseason? Lost causes question mark. So this kind of gets into that specifically on Vaughn and MCW. Um, didn't mention Brogdon by, by name, although, you know, you could throw him into that group, but, uh, and I have a specific way that I think about this. Do you read anything into Vaughn and MCW shooting poorly this preseason or how, how would you assess them as shooters? I would have loved to see either of them make some shots in the preseason. Uh, that would have made me feel much better. But, again, I don't really put a ton into the preseason, but we are getting into a very worrisome point. Uh, not with MCW. MCW can't shoot. That's fine. Whatever. Um, he, he can get value <laughs> other ways. Like I, I think the sample size is large enough for MCW that – we have years of data on that we correct. don't need a preseason yeah correct we don't we don't need the preseason to tell us that he can't shoot that we're i'm i'm comfortable with that sample size and he probably can't shoot but vaughn we are getting into a very dangerous place where his form looks good he's got a pretty shot it just doesn't fall and that's worrisome uh if he can't hit shots he can't hit shots uh and I think we've kind of said it throughout the entire year last year. We said it through the off season, hit some shots for shot. And then I think everyone feels a lot more comfortable uh, about him playing. And even uh, on top of that, just shoot the ball Rashad. And there's times where he's open from the three point line and he won't shoot it. He'll, to do a shot fake and take a couple dribbles and then take a terrible pull-up jumper or he'll do a terrible floater he, he's just not a threat off the dribble so you you have to shoot even if you are shooting 11 percent from the three-point line you're supposed to be a shooter shoot the ball uh and yeah it, it it's worrisome with vaughn mcw yeah we already know he can't shoot yeah and i would agree i i don't i don't think the preseason preseason to me for 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 something like this is a little bit like like summer league you know it if it um, if a guy plays great, then that's nice, but you don't necessarily read too much into it. Uh, if a guy plays bad and he's been bad, then you kind of have more reason to continue to be concerned. But realistically, you know, when you have a much bigger sample and Vaughn, we do have a fairly decent sample, even though he's a rookie, yeah. uh, a thousand minutes last year, that, that's, uh, that's certainly more important. And, you know, it's kind of the, the burden of proof is on Rashad Vaughn at this point and yep. uh, you know it looks like Jason Kidd's giving him every chance to to prove himself and halfway through preseason have not seen any sort of signs of life from him um all right I got the next one it's from Sean Watkins it's somewhat related is slash would a MCW trade pave the way for Malcolm Brogdon so if the Bucks were to trade Michael Carter Williams is it to pave the way for Malcolm Brogdon I think 
even perhaps directly, perhaps indirectly, but certainly if you take MCW out of the equation, I think obviously Brogdon's going to play more because he can play point guard, and we've seen him thrown into the point guard mix, started two out of the three games. So it does seem like they are trying to fast-track the assimilation process and the adjustment process for Malcolm Brogdon. They did that in Vegas as well. So it does seem like you know, in concert with all the rumors you're hearing about MCW being uh, very much available via trade, that they're also trying to make sure that that Brogdon's getting reps at the point uh, so he can play there. Although, realistically, uh, you know, wouldn't shock me if Brogdon was uh, was starting technically as a quote-unquote shooting guard with Della Vadova. Um, you know, you could argue they're somewhat interchangeable, similar sizes and, and all that. Well, actually, Brogdon's, I guess, a fair bit bigger, especially wingspan-wise. But, um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, certainly, I think the ongoing availability of MCW would certainly suggest that, that the Bucks are comfortable with the idea of uh, of Brogdon being, you know, I don't know if you want to call him as the backup point guard. He's the backup yeah defensive point guard or you know a guy that they would rely on for rotation minutes which is saying a lot considering uh all the you know we do obviously have a lot of questions about his shooting and probably not as nearly as many questions about the rest of his game but um ultimately he's still a second rounder who hasn't played a minute of of live nba basketball i would say that the the bucks aren't concerned that mcw is blocking the way for malcolm brogdon to get minutes i don't think that is a concern for them in any way at all. Um, I think that would be borderline ridiculous to be worried that your second rounder is blocked right now by MCW for playing time. And again, I kind of like the way you started it. If it happens indirectly and getting rid of MCW gets Malcolm Brogdon more minutes, that's great. But I don't think that's their objective in moving MCW. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, let's take a look at another question. Um, so this one was a kind of a fun one. Um, and it was in a Deli, Giannis, Jabari, Telly lineup. Um, Wombat is the best was asking us what kind of plays actions could the Bucks run? And there's one that I mentioned uh, during the game that they ran with Jason Terry. Um and I thought they might be able to do it with Delhi as well. Um, I'll hold that for, for my quick little retort, but uh, maybe you remember the play, but what, what kind of were you thinking? What, what type of stuff might, might the bucks run with um, that kind of like big one guard lineup? It's, it's kind of a tough spot because it's, it hits on that kind of awkwardness that I talked about last week. I think it was last week, maybe it was early this week where, Jabari and Toledovich are kind of trying to figure out where they should be. Ideally, I would say just set, just go ahead, put Del, Del Vadova and Toledovich in the corners and Giannis and Jabari up top, and let's just run some pick and rolls with whatever center you decided to play with them, and let's just go for pick and rolls and pick and rolls and pick and rolls. Um, so that, for me, that would be the easiest way that you would kind of run plays, actions uh, for them. Uh you could really do all of the corner series stuff and some of the floppy baseline stuff with Toledovich and Delavadova. Uh, that might be exciting. Um, one thing they ran on, well, let's see, against Wednesday, uh, they did a Giannis and Jabari pick and roll, um, which is 
fascinating because Jabari has next to no experience as a role man at, at, in the NBA, um, and it went terribly. Don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> I, I believe Giannis threw it out of bounds on their pick and roll. Um, so it, it didn't go well, but it's certainly something that's interesting to me because Jabari's so explosive. He gets so many assisted buckets that you would think him rim running in the middle of the floor would be just uh, just a magnet for defenders. Like you would get those guys to key in, and then all of a sudden you have those kickouts to uh, Delvadova and Toledovic. Hasn't necessarily worked out that way yet, but in theory, it's very interesting to me. The the player I was thinking about. Um... Giannis and Jason Terry ran a, a, an inverted pick and roll, uh, and maybe not inverted for the Bucks, but basically where, where Giannis is the big guy, is the guy handling, and the little guy is setting the screen. And uh, Nate Duncan actually brought this up when we were we did the Bucks preview for the Dunked On podcast, and he uh, mentioned uh, Del Vadova doing inverted pick and rolls with LeBron last year because you know, and and that working in part because obviously aside from LeBron being incredible. Uh, Del Vadova is a nasty little screen screener and uh, you don't say yeah and obviously he can roll for for three-point looks and it's just generally uh, um you know an action that teams aren't really used to seeing because not a lot of teams have big guys that you want handling the ball and pick and roll and uh, a, a little guard setting a screen for him but but you see kind of different moves like that I mean the Warriors run a lot of these weird little um, actions where uh, where Steph and and Clay Thompson set screens for one another and things like that so um you know not unheard of to do that but that would be one thing that that i think would be would be fun to watch um and as you said you know i think if you can get toledovich popping off of pick and rolls um you know you'd love to see uh Giannis get some get some assists off uh, off toledovich on shooting threes so uh we'll be interested to see uh, what, what kind of actions they do i think the one thing i was gonna say as well if if Giannis does have a much smaller guy on him, then I, I do like going into the post. We saw last yep. night why against uh, or uh, on Wednesday why that that's the case. Um, on the flip side, though, as we mentioned a while ago, Toledovic is is a non-existent post player. Uh, yeah. So if that lineup is out there, and we saw the Pacers eventually put Monte on Thon Maker, who kind of tried to use his body against him but kind of struggled, um, which makes sense because he's young and doesn't really know how to you know post up. 30-year-old guys, even when they're small. Um, but Toledovic doesn't really necessarily know how to do that either very well, even though he's got a big body. So uh, it'll be interesting to see the chess match of, of how that works. But then maybe you, you try to run a pick and roll with Toledovic and, and Giannis and, and get the switch back. So anyway. Um, On to the next, next question. question. Um, actually, no, I want to interject. I'm just fascinated to see how many pick and pops get inserted into this Bucks offense. Um, I mentioned it when... They ran a Giannis Thon uh, pick and roll on Wednesday, and they had Thon roll. And I'm curious if they get Toledovic in any pick and roll slash pop opportunities because I, I don't think I've seen them do that quite yet. Um, but really, I'm, I'm trying to think back. The Bucks haven't really done a lot of pick and pop um, under Kid. It's if they do run a pick and roll, it is a pick and the big man is rolling down the middle of the floor. So um, that that's something that'll be interesting to me because both Giannis and Toledovic are both very well qualified uh, for that type of action. So uh, that'll be inter- something that I'll be keeping an eye on. But like I said, on to the next question. And it kind of relates to something you were just mentioning. Uh, this one comes from Eric Cust, maybe Eric Kust. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce your last name, but... How often 
will post Giannis be utilized as opposed to pick and roll above the break creator Giannis? Do you have a preference? Yeah, I think that's a good question, especially after the game uh, against the Pacers. And I think it's really just matchup driven. Uh, and I guess, well, let me let me modify that. So I think most nights Giannis is going to be bigger than the guy guarding him. I think teams are typically going to try to send uh, wings to guard him. So he's probably going to be going up against a lot of, you know, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, type guys rather than, you know, 6'10", six, 6'11", six, type guys. Uh, I think if if you can get smaller guys on him, you know, not many guys are going to be. He's probably not going to get a lot of Monte Ellis-type coverages. Uh, but even when he's got guys who are, are maybe not quite as small as Monte I would still be in favor of of trying to use at least some uh, post looks against him. I would be trying to use some elbow looks. Uh, I, you know, I think variety is is a good thing. You know, and and I am, am I enjoy Point Giannis and seeing him bring up the ball. Uh, but you know, I think against the Bulls, I think it was that they pressured him in the backcourt a little bit. Um, and, and I think you know, it's like kind of those things. Like if Giannis is having to expend a bunch of effort getting the ball up when the Bucks are taking it out of their own basket. Uh, then let Delavadova bring it up. You know, I mean, it's kind of these things. Like, I don't think there's a point in in tiring out Giannis trying to bring up the ball against pressure uh, unnecessarily. So if if there's not a lot of pressure, uh, then that's one thing. But um, but it'll be interesting to see. But I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think I'd like to see everything basically. So maybe it's a bit of a cop out answer. But uh, but I think you just try to find matchups that make sense. And uh, with pick and roll, obviously, it's not just uh, the Giannis matchup, but but also who's who's different defending the role man and, and, and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so we'll see, obviously I think pick and roll has not really been a, uh, a staple that has, you know, delivered the bucks a lot of dividends, at least so far in the, in the preseason, we haven't seen miles Pumley do anything in pick and roll. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully that'll change at some point. And by the same token, I hope to, to see Giannis, you know, making the most of mismatches because I think, especially if you can get a couple of shooters out there around him, um, you know, with his passing and his size, we saw it in Chicago. He went to the post a couple times, and Delvadova hit two threes when basically the the defense collapsed on Giannis in the post. So, I think his size and and you know the the respect he can command, I think that can open it up for shooters. But obviously, you obviously need guys who can convert as well. This is somewhat ridiculous to say, and I understand the premise I'm about to present is ridiculous to say, but I think really your answer to that question is about what you want to see out of Giannis this season. I say, I don't want to see any post Giannis. He's great at it. I know he can do it. Anytime he touches the ball there, his playmaking shines. It's obvious that he's going to do well there. I don't need to see much more of it. And if you're going to treat it as a season that, Hey, this is a lost season. We're just trying to develop guys and see new skills. I need pick and rolls all day. I need to see if he can actually do this. I need to see him try to figure out pick and roll play because uh, he's not quite as good at that. And if he's going to continue to develop, I would say that would be another big step would be to develop as a pick and roll creator. Um, so if I selfishly, if I'm going to prioritize development, I would say I want to see pick and roll Giannis way more than I want to see post Giannis um, just because he's, he's damn good at it as it is. Um, it, you you see it literally against the Pacers. I don't. He had what eight points in the first six minutes and two assists or something like that. And against the Bulls, it works. It works. It, so it, it's just a matter of do you want to see him continue to do that? Are you trying to win basketball games? And I'd assume the Bucks are. So I'd assume we'll see quite a bit of post Giannis. All right, we'll leave it at there. 
uh, let's finish up with uh, some some shout outs for our friends uh, on iTunes. Um, I've got my my list up. I don't know if you've got. I don't. Got your list you up. got it. Okay, then then this is then this is just gonna be be really uh really gonna be relying on me. So uh, we got EJB in third in EJB thirteen twenty in Arizona. Uh, thank you EJB. We've got. <laughs> a a this next one uh references two bucks greats from the past it's from jason caffey probably Ooh. not the jason caffey it could be though and, you don't know and the title of the review was armin gilliam so rest in peace armin gilliam so thanks to jason caffey slash mystery man behind jason caffey um lpd 96 thank you very much uh kevin sulkowski much appreciated. CJ with EJ. Appreciate the detailed review. Uh, David Dunn21, our Twitter friend, uh, author of all the Tartonia videos that uh, we frequently retweet. Uh, he, he gave us the five stars, but then he, he titled it, Try Not to Let Eric Get to You. He Means Well. So <laughs> That sounds nice. about right. Yeah. Uh, and then we got we. This is the first. This is the first time anybody's ever given us less than a five star review. Oh, that hurts me. It was a four star review. Great pod, but please shorten. Keep it. Try to keep it under thirty five minutes. I think. I think we're we're gonna do it this time around. Um, so anyway, we're gonna have to redeem ourselves in the eyes of T B, T Brever, uh, to try to get it to twenty to twenty five minutes. So I think we need to stop now, Eric, to try to. We do. I don't. I don't know if we can get that star back, but. But I guess uh, we'll we'll try to cut it short here and uh, let people get on with their Friday. Enjoy Saturday's game, the MacFun game. Like we said, if you're anywhere in the area, uh, do go out, buy yourself a ticket from Bucks.com and uh, support the MacFund, uh, a great cause and and 40 years incredible uh, work done by by the MacFund over the years. And we will be back to talk about Saturday's MacFun game on Monday. So, Eric, have a great weekend. Same to Everybody you. Everybody out there, have a great weekend. Thanks, take care.